<sighs> well, welcome back, film and pop culture fans. We are a little depressed on this episode of Quality Check Podcast. You and you are joined by one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and across the internet, sad that it's no longer mm. Halloween, is Drew Douglas. We didn't plan this intro. I didn't know what you were going to say, but I was going to say R.I.P. October because it is November. What are we doing? Second? Yeah. And it's, the beautiful month of October is just gone. And I feel like a a little piece of myself has passed away. Like a flash in a pan, October is gone. And it is sad because I was thinking of that. I'm like, we went from one of the greatest months to now, or quite frankly, it could be the greatest month of the year of 2023, to now what could be the saddest month, considering that. I know we we both like Christmas and getting into the holiday spirit, but at the same time, it's just sad. It's sad that spooky season's now away. It's gone. We have to wait another year for that. But I'm seeing so much Christmas stuff, and I love the atmosphere of the holiday that I'm I'm okay transitioning into it. Like, I'm already into that mode. And we do have a few things coming out that are geared toward the holidays and Christmas, and it's like horror films. Like, It's a Wonderful Knife, that movie Ooh. coming out soon. There's also... Um, what is that? Silent Silent Night, uh, starring um, Joel McKinnon. That, mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, is that what it's called? I, I believe forget. it is. But yeah, it looks good. The new John Woo movie looks awesome. Yeah, Woo Baby. And then we got uh, obviously Thanksgiving. Yeah. Which I mean, we're gonna count because it's coming up. So we're gonna do November picks. Ooh. Um, this month, which I feel like we've had a stretch of just insanely stacked months some bangers. especially october which was i think i had like 15 things before i was like i gotta stop because we can only pick three november for me was harder in that i just think it kind of sucks <laughs> like i got three good things but it wasn't it's not a banger like uh october was yeah. but before we do our november picks we finally got kind of an update, and I sent you this the other day, on a movie we've been excited for that has just been MIA for two, what, two years at this point? Far too long. And for way too long. And I had hopes, because we had been hearing rumors that WB's remake of Salem's Lot was um, kicked from theatrical to streaming, and we could get it like on Max. I ha- I was hoping in October. I think that would have been perfect. Now we do have kind of like official outlets saying that seems to be the plan. Because like HBO is one, or Max is needing content because of the strike and they have this movie that's been sitting around for two years. Um, I've been super excited for it. I recently reread the book. It's one of my favorite Stephen King books. I know we don't need a remake, but I'm all for any Stephen King content. Heck yeah. Even, I like, it's it's fun to watch, even if it sucks. It's like, whatever, I still <laughs> want to see it. And I'm always interested to see what they do, because uh, it was a movie that made for TV movie that Toby Hooper made in like the 70s. Mm-hmm. So give me a modern version. I think this one is still set in the 70s or 80s, but give me like modern filmmaking uh, that kind of version of Salem's Lot. So we get the rumors that it's it's heading to Max probably at some point. Yeah. I don't know when. I feel like it's a missed opportunity to not have done it 
in October, but maybe we'll get it in like January or February. Uh, I sent you a little blurb from Stephen King. He tweeted, he just randomly tweeted about it after this news kind of came out. And he, this is like a four part tweet. Did you, I, I sent you the first one, but did you read anything else that he has written about this? No, it was only that one tweet. We had talked about that because he was uh, had mentioned in that tweet about it being like old school filmmaking. And and like he basically we got the sense, at least from that one tweet, that he was really digging it. And like we were talking, it's hard to tell about King. We love the man. But at the same time, sometimes his movies, he loves uh, bad movies. His taste is is iffy sometimes. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. He. He has something at stake with this. I would imagine money. Yeah. Now, he's never been shy to say he doesn't like an adaptation of his. Now, I'm going to read these tweets because there's a couple interesting notes. This is the first one I originally sent you. Uh, The Warner Brothers remake of Salem's Lot, currently shelved, is a muscular and involving. It has the feeling of old Hollywood when a film was given a chance to draw breath before getting to business when attention spans were longer, in other words. And then he goes on to say, it feels like a horror movie version of a slow burn movies like The Great Escape. It builds very well. There are diversions from the book I don't agree with, but on the whole, faithful. Um, that's interesting that he is like, there's things in there I'm not huge on. Mm, but yeah. as, a, as a whole, I liked it. He says, best scene, Danny Glick in the hospital trying to claw down a blood bag okay <laughs> sign me up and then this is the the best tweet and i'm glad you didn't see this one because i i want to hear your natural reaction he writes the glick scene could have been directed by john carpenter in his prime what interesting isn't that effing insane that's interesting that's high praise right there and yeah. that gets me i was already interested wanting to see this now we, I, I would say we have his blessing. He seems to like what he's seen. Um, and then he mentions that, that this scene could have been directed by Johnny C in yeah. his prime. That's amazing. Give I us mean, this movie like right now. Yeah, no kidding. That alone, that right there is like, I, all right, you sold me. All you have to say is that one tweet. I'm like, done, sold. Let me, let me see. I'll pay. I'll pay. I want to have a subscription service to a theater. I will just go and willingly pay full price. I feel like it is, even if you need streaming content, dump this in theaters Mm -hmm. and put it on streaming in like three weeks. I feel like that's kind of win-win. But who knows what they're doing. I read that and my jaw dropped. Yeah. Because he's mentioning someone that we love and respect so much. And it's with... Something uh, like a, his story that I love so much, too. So I'm like, on the hype train, man. Yeah, and and it, like you were saying, I'm expecting this to come out soon. Sooner than later, I could see this being like a surprise, like, hey, guess what? We're going to release this around Thanksgiving or something like that. I, I'm, o- I'm okay with that. Now, the rumor is, too, that they had somebody cast as the bad guy, the main vampire, and for whatever reason, they reshot all of those scenes with someone new, which I believe. Mm. Um, I'm don't. I think William Sadler is now that 
actor is the actor now playing that? Oh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure because uh, I've never gotten official word. But that's interesting if they did that many reshoots. Because uh, that's yeah, that's like got to sure. be a good chunk of the movie. But anyway, I saw that. I've complained so many times about like why are we not getting info on this movie, and we get a little glimmer that it could be coming because. With what they did with Batgirl, I'm like, are they going to just shelve this and never release it or write it off, you know? Yeah. Because they've done that, and they don't seem to have a problem doing that. So this gives me hope we're going to see it. And then, obviously, like I said, Stephen King saying what he said is insane. I don't know if I fully believe it, but I'm super interested to see... um, Like, what he's talking about. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's interesting. I pulled up uh, Sadler's, William Sadler's filmography page, and I don't see that listed at all um, under his credentials. Not saying that that's not something that is also on on doc for him, uh, but that's interesting. On his wiki page, he's listed under Salem's Lot, but his character is TBA. Like, it doesn't have a... It doesn't have... Mm. Anyone listed um, as Kurt Barlow, which is the main antagonist in the story. So that's why I think it's William Sadler, if they, especially if they reshot stuff. This sounds so much more incredible than what... Because you have been, honestly, the one keeping up the anticipation for this because... Honestly, I keep forgetting about it, and I I feel bad to admit that, but it's true. But this now is like okay, let's let's see it. I've I've I got I, I got to see this. There was a stretch when I was rereading the book where every single day I'd wake up, and throughout the day, a couple times I would Google Salem's Lot remake, just praying to <laughs> the horror gods that there would be some sort of update, and it never happened. And you'd get kind of teased if you got on the Stephen King Reddit and people would be like, oh, that's the rumor is it's going to streaming and it's going to be on Hulu in October. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's awesome. And then obviously that never happened. Man, yeah, no kidding. That, that's that, that's uh, hearing Stephen King drop John Carpenter nonchalantly like that. It's like, I want to see some stevie king jc team up something anything give us give us whatever i want to see that you know what's weird too is john carpenter's always been present obviously in hollywood in our lives because we love his work but he hasn't made a movie since the ward which was like 2007 or something 2006 so he's not like making movies anymore really but I feel like in he obviously is involved with the Halloween trilogy with music, uh, producing that, and he releases new albums. You know, mm-hmm. remaking his old songs. Um, so he he's in our lives with new content, but not necessarily film. But I feel like we're hearing him more and more involved in either TV or movies because he's now scoring a, like a new horror film for A twenty four with Jenna Ortega. Um, and then he just, like we mentioned before, he directed the Suburban Screams for Peacock. So he's like getting out there more, which gives me hope he might do another movie. Yeah. Like maybe maybe a swan song or something. And I know 
you know, on that Stephen Colbert interview, he said, no, making music is so much better than directing. So maybe it won't happen, but I do love that he's like still present in our lives with new things. And that's that's a thing that I do still take uh, full like stock of where I love knowing that I can go and put on Velocity's album, like what we were talking about, his last album, the brand, the new music album, I should say, where he and his two sons worked together. And they cranked out some great, all, all, that uh, that album's amazing. But then he's also remastering some of his old tunes and he goes around and, and works on tours with his sons as well. But then he'll bring some of, like he'll go back to some of his old soundtracks and add a few things here or there, like new scores or new tracks, things like that. But the one thing that I love about what he has been able to contribute is it's a little bit there and he's just constantly present. Like you said, it does make me think there will be someone, there could be someone who's like what Peacock did or universal, which they allowed him to direct suburban screams through zoom. I do think that there will be something that he's like, the offer might be too, too good the story, I think a lot of it for him is story. Like he was talking in a behind the scenes with Suburban Screams. He's like, it's all about story. You got a good story, then that's all that matters. I think it there might be something that he's like, I have to tell this and I want to do it this way. And I, I'm holding out hope that there will be a swan song, but it's going to be like a throwback in the mouth of madness, they live, something like that, where... We get something that's not like early JC, but something that's kind of mid-career to later in his filmography, but still solid. Something That's why I go back to They Live or In the Mouth of Madness. I would be down for that. Or if he does another team up with Stephen King and it's like John Carpenter's Christine, but he does like John Carpenter's, I don't know, his take on, uh, I wouldn't want to see Carrie, his take on Carrie. But something that would be like maybe an older, like I think he would kill at doing The Running Man. I would love to see his take on that. But we have Edgar Wright, who's supposedly adapting that. Yeah, is that even and happening anymore? I haven't heard anything see, about that in like three years. Yeah, the same. I I don't know. Last time I heard anything about it was like around 2020. That might be dead. I know the uh, the Christine remake is dead that uh, Brian Fuller was going to do mm-hmm. that that seemed to have come and gone um and I it was like a podcast interview where Fuller was like no that's dead and I'm like that never made headlines which is strange to me but I I don't know Fuller Fuller's hit or miss with me I think he's talented but I don't know if he's right for Christine to be honest with yeah. you yeah and I don't know if we nest that's why I'm like, I don't know if we need a remake of that. Cause I I do think Carpenters is great. Like it's the book is a million times better, but the book has so much uh story that it can flesh out. I you could do Christine in like four or five episodes yeah. on Max or something. Like have somebody uh make a, a high quality version of that or something. Yeah, but. and that's I I I'm good with us just having John Carpenter's Christine. Because I, another thing, that's where others are like, you know, the book is better, the movies, you rarely hear that, the movie's better. But still, both are 
unique in their own way that I love them both for their own reasons. And it's where I want to have both. I want to have the movie and I want to have the book. And that's a rare case of there's enough different between the two that I just, I love it. I love, I love the fact that there are certain liberties that are taken and John Carpenter killed it. And then Stephen King's book, that's one of my favorite King books, period. So the ward was 2010. So it's been a, um, a, a, a large amount of time since he's done anything. Man, can you believe that since directing, because the last thing he directed was the ward and now the most recent are these episodes for Suburban Screams. But the fact that it has taken him 13 years to end up stepping back into the ring for directing. With him returning to Suburban Screams, that's for me saying, okay, he's not completely out of it yet. I think it is a, it's a long shot, though. It's a huge long shot. But at the same time, that does give me more hope. Knowing that he's coming back for Suburban Screams, it's like, all right, I, it gives me a little more faith and confidence. And I'm okay with that. I just need a little bit. I've still, I've still never seen the ward. I was there's a there's there are a few JC movies mm-hmm. that I've never seen, and that's one of them. I I've never seen Dark Star, mm. which was his first one, which was like a student film. Yeah, I believe. I don't know if you count that, and like Elvis, I don't know if you count Elvis. So that because it was it was made for TV. That's the funny thing about Elvis is that it was made for TV, but there were especially with Priscilla coming out this weekend, the movie that is the new Sofia Coppola film, she um, was talking about Elvis, like the John Carpenter and Kurt Russell collaboration. That's where Kurt Russell played Elvis. And it was funny because as a kid, my dad talked about that movie. And he said, yeah, I remember in this John Carpenter, Kurt Russell. I'm like, what? And so we, he bought it when we finally found it at like there was like um a for your entertainment or something like that store we went and we found it bought it and i got really hyped because of what he was saying and it's okay i mean it's like it is a made for tv movie the budget's extremely low um russell is is okay did he talk like elvis for like three years after shooting it like uh, austin butler still doing <laughs> austin butler yeah well What's funny is that Jacob Lordy, who plays Elvis in the Sofia Coppola film Priscilla, he was asked the same question, and he's like, no, it's pretty easy for me to turn that off. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that he continues to speak like that and is openly admitted that he's, he's just like, yeah, he's in me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, come on. You sound like an idiot. <laughs> you sound like a fool. Great job uh, uh, as Elvis, but you sound like an idiot. Man, I love that. <laughs> All right, so uh, enough about J.C. and Salem's Lot and Stephen King, the the horror trifecta. We're getting close. I just I wanted to talk about that. And then real quick, we said we were going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's. Ooh. I watched the movie, and honestly, I was like texting you. I was like, we we can't build an, an entire episode around this because <laughs> yeah. quite frankly, for me, there's not enough to talk about. I thought it was okay. I, I have no connection to the video games. Yeah, it, The movie is not at all what I thought. We'll say light spoilers. I thought it would be a survival, five nights of survival in this pizza place and that he's just like having to 
find a way to somehow survive these things. I didn't know there was going to be child kidnapping involved um, in like diving into dreams, <laughs> like yeah, uh, Inception or something. Like that was interesting, like an interesting personal story, but it's not at all what I expected. It was shot decently and I haven't thought about it a ton since. I kind of like Josh Hutcherson as a lead. That's his name, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's good. I just it was okay. It was just like whatever. It filled two hours uh, on a spooky night, and I probably won't ever watch it again. I would see. I guess I would see a sequel. I mean, there's just not a lot of meat on this bone. Yeah. Even though I do think it tries a few things to make a story that you're invested in. Sure. And then Matthew Lillard, uh, is a delight. I just think he's a delight. I just didn't fully understand anything with the plot of the missing kids and how that even happened. Like, they just don't explain it. It's, like, supernatural, but we don't... Unless I completely missed something, I was like, how did this even happen? Yeah, I felt the same. That I liked it, and then at the same time, I'm like, eh, I could have done with that. So, did you go to theaters? I can't remember. I did. I originally missed it on, what was it, Saturday? I was going to go Saturday... I was so freaking exhausted. I was like, if I go, and then I didn't, and then on I went Sunday. I went to go see it Sunday, and then I uh, had it like the crowd wasn't like that into it. I mean, they were, but they were quiet. They, they it wasn't a rowdy bunch, and I was kind of hoping they'd be a little rowdy. But then again, with the movie, I don't know if that made it different or not for me, but. Um, they were pretty, I don't think this is a movie you would get a rowdy crowd, though. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I, I Through this, I'm like, I don't know if it was the fact that I went in with that expectation. I normally don't go in with that expectation. And at, while sitting there, I was just thinking, okay, well, I mean, maybe someone will have, like, an outburst. But I, like you said, I don't think you can with this type of movie. Um, it didn't add anything to it. And I think I would have been okay just streaming this, to be honest. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was fine to watch at home. Uh, yeah, that's it. I mean, I thought Lillard was the MVP. Hutcherson was good. The, Hutcherson surprised me in a good way. Yeah, I thought he was like, I was like, oh, yeah, you can, I think you're a fine actor. And then the female cop, I was like, she she was on season one of Love, or uh, of You. Sorry, she plays, okay. there's a character named Love later seasons. Anyway, uh, she's on season one of You and... She, I remember her being fine in that. I thought she was kind of bad in this. And I thought the character, like, there's so many times I'm like, what is this character's angle? And yeah. they have a big reveal. And I guess it's okay. But I'm like, this is it's just okay. like, I don't care. And yeah, it's it creepy, okay. especially like having a kid now. Stuff involving kids, I don't necessarily enjoy. I was like, oh, man, this is grim. Yeah, that's, I mean, as far as like her... And I, I thought that was okay. If they focused more, I feel like they could have cut that out. I really do. I feel like they could have focused on... I, I liked what they did with Josh Hutcherson and then um, his sister. She was kind of like, bad, too. There was his times sister? Like, yeah, I was like, I don't... I can't tell if the acting is bad or the way this is written is just not good. It's The other thing is that's one of her first movies like this ended up being one of her first movies and i was okay i was okay with it but overall it was just like 
what they ended up doing with the characters, I would just say, eh, it's just like, it's all right. I feel like there would be more if we just focused on them. I think that would be better. And I know that they were trying to make Josh Hutcherson like redeemable and all, where it's like he's not a complete throwaway character. Like he's not a, a bum, that kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. There's but a reason this- why he's not employed. Yeah, yeah, there's exactly. And I get it, but at the same time, it just felt like if we focus more on that, less on the whole cop aspect, um, and if we just, like you said, we spend more time with him there at Freddy's, and then we can involve his sister who shows up or something like that. And then it's like, I don't know. I just, I just wanted there to be more. The other thing is like, what if they were to take something where this is happening in like a bad part of town and there are more break-ins or things like that that happen and he's constantly having to pick up, but it's like these kids are satisfied in these robots because or animatronics because they get to have mealtime all the time because it's in a bad part of town. Or I don't know, like I feel like they could have done like an assault on Precinct 13 but for horror films with Five Nights at Freddy's. There's something that they could have done to make, to play up the horror element and to end up playing up this like, it's desolate and there's a reason for that. And I think there's something there with the movie. It just didn't, it was just okay. And I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But I would say if we had to pick loves or hates, I would go loves, but it's Mm -hmm. toward the bottom. It's It's like right, it's right on that slash. Yeah. Yeah. Light. I, I on Letterboxd, I gave it two and a half out of five. I think that's fair. Uh, me too. It's like b- borderless, like as low as I go on my I enjoyed it scale. I mean, there was just enough for me to be like, yeah, it was it was a decent two hours. I know somebody somebody at work was like their kids or something play it, and they were like losing their minds about all the Easter eggs. I'm like, okay, maybe I this is just not for me because I don't know the games. But I, because I'm like, what would you have lost your mind about? <laughs> I'm like, oh, it's over my head. I have no idea anything about those games. November picks. <whistles> November pickerinos. Um, you want to do those? Yeah, this is a like you said, talking about light loves. This is a light month in terms of our picks because I was like, man, I feel this is kind of slim pickings. It feels kind of stinky yeah I'm, not, i mean I'm, I'm okay there's like four there was four that caught my eye I and mean, that's i guess that's okay so one got cut uh i'll, I'll start and just say my numero three i don't this is not going to be on your list i'm pretty confident but it's the marvels i gotta be honest with you it's it's the newest marvel cinematic universe adventure it comes out november 10th and uh, Captain Marvel is not a top-tier MCU character or Marvel or comic book character for me, but I'm intrigued to see what they do with the sequel. Um, I've mentioned before, I thought the first one was okay. It's not great. I think Brie Larson's kind of hit or miss on if I like the character. There's a, a cockiness or something about <laughs> smugness. It's like a smugness in the way she plays it. I kind of don't like the character, but... I, I'm interested in to see what they do with this. And there's so much like pre-release buzz surrounding this movie. And the bulk of it seems to be bad, which again yeah. has me 
intrigued as to why are the rumors uh, real? What is this going to be like review-wise? What is it going to be like box office-wise? So that is all factoring into my uh, intrigue. Plus, and what about the Variety article that was released? Yeah, who knows? But then you get stuff today where people are like, this is a hit job, and a lot of this is not true. I don't know what to believe. I tend to think if you were hearing the same things over and over again, which we do, then there's got to be some truth to it. But yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, that's all. That's all I got to say is it, there's an intrigue to it, and I do, I do. Uh, I'm still invested in this universe, and as I mentioned before, I think it's cool that the female characters do have a chance to shine. Hopefully, the content's not bad. It's like. Blue Beetle's awesome. We get to see representation. But for me, that movie sucks. It's not a good movie. It's good representation. And there's a lot of good family elements. But that movie sucks. Yeah. So it's a shame that when we do get these kind of movies, they tend to not be great. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those that I almost picked the Marvels because I'm very interested. And I do think that it looks like a lot of fun. But, man, I'd be lying to say that the whole Marvel uh, fatigue everything that's been going on, especially with the oversaturation of the TV shows on Disney Plus, I've just been like, eh, I mean, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Loki, though, man, I'm telling you, Loki's still great. I love I it. I still need to start that. I still need to, I want to watch that, and there are a few other, like Ms. Marvel. I haven't seen, I'm not watched that show, but I still want to watch it. So you say that you didn't think that I would have the Marvels on my list, and that is correct. I do not have Marvels on my list. I did I did I did almost put the Marvels on my list for number three, though. But I will say that my number three is something that I kept going back and forth with. And I do wonder if it will be on your list because I think this could be a lot of fun. And as I text you, it could be great or it could be awful. And that is Eli Roth's Thanksgiving, which is finally, after many years, coming to the big screen after we got that little tease and the Grindhouse films with Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino when they made Planet Terror and uh, Death Proof. But Thanksgiving, which was originally made for that uh, double feature as a trailer, it's now coming to us on November 17th as a full-fledged film. And I actually am down for this. I cannot think of the last Thanksgiving-style horror film that we've received. And literally coming right out of spooky season. I'm like, you know what? I'm here for it. I want more of this like horror, holiday horror and I would like to see more, but I know that we're getting, it's a wonderful knife as well, but this is, uh, th this uh, looks like it could be a lot of fun. Are you, you're really excited for this too, right? Yeah. I can't wait. Talking about audience reactions. I remember losing my mind when that fake trailer played in Grindhouse, and one of the craziest reactions, because it was like a sold-out show, is the like cheerleader jumping on the trampoline. She does the splits and lands on the knife that's been like put underneath it and pops up, Oof. you know, like in the in the trampoline. People went nuts. <laughs> they were like clapping and laughing and got just one of the greatest reactions. And I hope we get wild stuff like that. Like, if that moment is not in this movie, then Eli Roth has failed. I see. I am worried about that because I hope it is very over the top. Just, like, so incredibly over the top. 
but it's also that grindhouse vibe, and I'm not getting that with this. I honestly yeah, just don't. I know that's my concern too. Is it doesn't look like that trailer. Yeah, and I know that they're going after the whole like when they made the posters, and I pulled up the old poster for the grindhouse film, and there's when it was under Dimension Films, and the poster for Thanksgiving, like that teaser. That is being deemed as a short, even though it's a trailer, a fake trailer, is the same slogan, the same tagline. This year, there will be no leftovers. There's a turkey and a giant axe that's hanging over the turkey. And it's just as an Eli Roth film Thanksgiving. That poster immediately already is better than this poster that we have with some like pilgrim looking, I don't know, V for Vendetta type person that's in the dark holding a bloody axe and i just don't think it looks that like it that poster is like okay the other one had me sold just because of that grindhouse throwback vibe and i just i don't know i i'm worried that's all i'll say yeah yeah i do have the same concerns prepare to have the stuffing what is the what is the line (laughs) it's like prepare to have the stuffing scared out of you out of you or something i just remember that old trailer it has that great like narration movie trailer thing and it's like white meat dark meat all will be carved oh yeah and everyone everyone lost their minds um yeah no that i think that looks like a lot of fun i'm excited for thanksgiving my number two i i mean if this isn't on your list i'll be shocked and um it's it it was at one point my number one i hadn't watched the trailer until a couple days ago and then i watched it i'm like oh my goodness uh this wasn't necessarily on my hype train but this looks amazing and it's bradley cooper's new one maestro oh yeah uh it's uh it gets a, a a limited theatrical release november 22nd and then it jumps to netflix and I got to be honest with you, Netflix seems to be nailing it with some of these recent movies. We have David Fincher. We have Bradley Cooper with this. He knocked it out of the park with A Star is Born. I, one of my favorites still. And this, the trailer, the new trailer for this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Cooper is uh, conductor and composer Leonard Bernstein. And I get, this movie focuses on, I get the three, I guess three decade marriage to his wife who is played by um carrie mulligan Mulligan. who's always very good and it seems to be like she's the main character in this because she's top build in the trailer and uh it focuses obviously on her a lot and i don't know it just looks great i was blown away by that trailer it hits um an emotional level in those two and a half minutes that i was not expecting and i just think cooper is very talented and as he showed it in the stars born. So I'm excited to see what he does. He definitely is going for an Oscar, right? Like this is for like sure. the most prototypical Oscar movie you could ever have. hundred percent. This is, and that's the thing that for me, I keep hearing, uh, even though mostly good things about this movie, it is definitely his play. It's like, all right, he, this is him trying going 100% for that Oscar. He's sniffing out an Oscar, and that's a little <laughs> nose joke because that's been some controversy. Oh! The, f- the fake nose controversy, which 
uh, at one point I thought was going to completely derail any momentum this movie seemed to have gotten because there was uh, a vocal minority that were very offended by it. But yeah, now Bernstein's was, family seems to be okay with it. They say it's yeah, it's uh, it is what it is, and it's not. They're not offended by it. So they have they've come out to support the film, and then I think it was a can, and they were also up there talking about you know how they supported this film and saw it through. But also, it kind of paints his relationship, Bernstein's relationship with his family, is not as that great of one. Go figure. But they were on stage like his kids basically saying hey like we support this movie this was how uh, how it is and i find that to be interesting now do you find that controversy as much as the same as the controversy that we brought up in the last last podcast about like say mike flanagan casting his wife kate siegel all the time Uh, i mean this is so limited to just this movie that i can't compare the two other than this is i just think a stupid controversy yeah, I and maybe an unnecessary one of like, did he really need a nose? Because yeah, I think he could have done it without it, and it would have been fine. But I don't think it looks. It's not like Steve Martin in that with when he had that long oh, nose yeah. in that movie or something. You know what I mean? Like Roxy, I think, or Roxanne. That's it. Yeah. Um, like it's not. It doesn't appear cartoony to me. Like when I watch the trailer, I don't mm-hmm. notice. Like the nose is not a distraction for me, which is why I'm like, I don't know why this is a thing, but. Um, yeah, this is my numero dos Netflix. I'm starting this. I'm not jumping on the Netflix bandwagon, but I'm having a little bit more respect with some of the people they're working with. And then what they're making looks like what that person would usually make. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's a big thing too, is if we can end up getting more of that and less schlock of just Netflix grind of, it's just going to be all, it's just like, it's like the spaghetti from the flash where it's all just a hot mess. We don't need more movies like Red Notice. If you hire someone like Fincher, let Fincher do a Fincher movie and the killer looks like that. I Man. haven't been able to see it, but you saw it and that missed, that really, truly pissed me off. <laughs> Especially considering that in that theater, it was like maybe a quarter full and then the, the screening right after that there were only like four seats sold in a large auditorium. It is truly baffling. All right, so what is your numero two? So my number two is maybe yet another surprise, but something about this I just can't get out of my mind, and that's exactly what this movie is about. It is the new Nick KJ24 movie, Dream Scenario, coming out on November 10th in theaters. This is basically where a kind of no-name professor. He's popping up in dreams of people, and it just keeps happening and happening. And it's basically a playoff of, like, the someone going viral or someone who is just an everyday person gets thrust into the limelight, and it looks at what that is like for them to explore this new life that's kind of bestowed upon them. I find this to be very interesting. I think it's a very interesting concept. And Nick Cage also looks really good in this. And I I know we've talked about Nick Cage, but where, where do you lie with Nick Cage? Do you think he's a good actor? Do you think he's a great actor? Do you think he's really bad or do you think he's in the middle? Well, I think he he's good, can be great. He just happens to be in a lot of trash. Yeah, true, yeah. For whatever reason. But he, 
I think he, when he's in a good a good movie, he's usually amazing. How do you feel based on the trailers for this? You've seen the trailer for it, right? Yeah, I mean, it looks good. It looks... Um, I'm trying to think who I would compare it to. It reminds me of Adaptation, but... Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is it reminds me of... And I'm drawing a blank on who did that movie. Well, that was Spike but, Jones, right? Yeah, yeah. And... Yeah, something along that, uh, like a... a I don't know who this director is. Yeah. I looked at, like, I see his name. I don't know who he is, but uh, I do see Ari Aster produce that. Yeah. Or this, and that's kind of interesting. Yeah, and um, that's uh, something that I am just, like, the movie is only an hour and 43 minutes. It looks like good drama. Nicolas Cage looks great in it. And then I just, there's something about this that is, I don't know, just kind of, Whenever I saw the trailer and just the description, I'm like, this kind of, it's just very unique, a very unique movie and something that I, I don't know, I'm really looking forward to this movie. And the more like I have talked just in random conversations to others about like, oh, well, this is like a weird situation that happens. It's like this movie is crept up in my thoughts every now and again. And it's typically Nicolas Cage and, I'm like, what if I were to start dreaming of him? I think the idea is interesting, and it sounds like kind of a gag that I would mm -hmm. come up with and then um, <laughs> about maybe certain people that you and I know that we kind of fixate on. <laughs> but, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I am surprised this is in your picks. Yeah, I honestly, it just, the reason why it's number two and it's on my list is I can't stop. I just, there's something about it, just like, the theme of the movie, I can't stop thinking about it. And I am really interested to see how it plays out as well. Like the, the movie itself, if it will end up being one of those. I, I feel like this could be a sleeper and this could end up being one of those for me. Something that I was not expecting to be a movie that I fall in love with. Right now, it's uh, gotten a 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's called, a lot of these reviews are calling it a career highlight for Nick Cage. Well, good for him. I thought that was uh, The Flash, but I'm glad he's oh. he's, get, <laughs> he's getting more stuff. Um, well, that's not my number one. What do you think my number one is? Oh, man. I'm hoping it's the same as my number one, but I'm holding off on saying what that is. So is Maestro not your number one? No, it's not. Wow. I, mean, yeah. I think I know what your number one is. I, honestly, I almost, I almost put Maestro on my list too, but um, I had to kick it out for Thanksgiving just because I was, I'm still in that. I'm not ready to give up scary movies. Well, you never have to. <laughs> and it's always like, like I go into overdrive in October watching scary stuff, but it never leaves my system. True. You know what Very I mean? Like true. it's always there. I just uh, kind of am maybe more diverse with what I'm watching. So my numeral number one is actually Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> speaking of it never leaving your system. I just, uh, I, I have high hopes that this can re recapture or just capture the spirit of the trailer, um, even though it doesn't feel like it does. But yeah. I love the idea of like this serial killer wreaking havoc in Plymouth, Massachusetts. I like the vibe, like the atmosphere, and I just, I think it could be fun. I hope so. I 
also feel like it's been a while since we've had an Eli Roth horror film that's... This will be the only time I, I guarantee Eli Roth probably ever makes my list. <laughs> Unless he just like knocks me out of the park with this one, and I'm like, I can't wait to see what he does next. I just don't see that happening, even though I am hyped but for man, this. man, Cabin Fever, though. Yeah, I always love that. I always think, I still to this day think about Dennis, <laughs> that little boy, when they're like, every... Every, everybody knows not to sit next to Dennis. Man, um, what? Uh, let's let's talk about Eli Roth real quick. Oh my! Just God. running through, just real quick. I want, All right. and it'll be a quick hot take. I'll say some of the movies that he's directed. Just and go through the line because he hasn't done many, yeah. right? No, not not a lot. Um, the first the first one I'll go in the most recent to the first that he created. Uh, the most recent, the house with a clock and its walls. Um. I'll say hates. It was <laughs> it was okay. Wish. Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Man, I forgot he did that. That yeah. wasn't uh, that wasn't great. I'll say hates. Didn't feel like an Eli Roth movie from what I remember. Uh, yeah. Um, knock Knock with Keanu Reeves and a very young Ana de Armas. Ooh, yeah. Um, I'll say loves because it, there's moments in that that <laughs> I was like howling in laughter, and it's uh, he's like tied up. And they've been torturing him and ruining his life. And Keanu, I, it's like, how did they even get him to do this? But he's like screaming, <laughs> screaming something about like, I gave you free pizza. <laughs> he's like screaming about free pizza. Uh, so I, I'll say Luz because it is just so insane. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, two years before that, The Green Inferno. Oh, man, I don't remember. I'll, uh, I, I don't know if I can remember that. I, I know I've seen it. It's it's the quick synopsis. A group of student activists travel to the Amazon to save a rainforest and soon discover that they are not alone. It was kind of a vibe of that old, I don't know if it's a cannibal holocaust, but it was like pretty much made to feel real. Like you thought maybe this was real. Yeah. I don't know. I probably hate. Yeah, I don't really remember that too much. And of course, we get back into his old school hostel part two. I don't remember anything about Hostel Part 2. I know I've seen it. I probably loved it at the time. And then we've got uh, Hostel, the first film. Probably loved it. I know it had a lot of naked chicks in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then his very first film, Cabin yeah, Fever. Yeah, I was obsessed with Cabin Fever when it came out. I thought, I thought he was like the new it horror filmmaker. Like the new, almost Sam, uh, Sam Raimi, I felt. Maybe, but it was like so modern and... His characters were so filthy, uh, but like <laughs> Deputy Winston in Wambusa, like oh, like yeah. let's go party in Wambusa. Like I still think about that, and Dennis and the pancakes, and then uh, yeah, I should rewatch that. Man, you know what? Talking about it, I kind of want to rewatch that tonight. Wambusa, and then Ty West did the sequel, and then he like was like, I don't want my name on this. This is not my movie. I remember really liking the second Cabin Fever. It was like direct-to-video. Yeah. But I remember thinking, oh, man, this is kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, all right, number one. Can I guess what your number, number one is? Yeah, what's that? Is it uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell and his son, Wyatt Russell? Hell yeah. God, See, this was almost my number one, and then I forgot to redo my notes and print them off, so I was stuck with Ooh. Maestro. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, at least we have two M's. Monarch, King of Monsters, coming out as uh, what you had uh, you were saying, uh, 
with uh, Kurt Russell, Wyatt Russell, coming out on Apple TV Plus November 17th, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We get to see something that I've been pining for. I, I can pass away after the end of this series. Um, hopefully, it, uh, that is if it ends. But with it premiering on November 17th, we get 10 episodes, and it is set after the battle between Godzilla and the Titans, revealing that the monsters are real, following one family's journey to uncover its buried secrets and legacy linking them to Monarch. So this looks like, obviously, Kurt Russell, White Russell, same character. White Russell plays a younger version. Kurt is the older version. I love this concept and this idea. I can't wait for it. I'm worried we're not going to get as much Kurt, but if we get a back and forth of Kurt and Wyatt, I'm okay with that. I do think that in addition to them, the cast also looks interesting. There's um, kind of a grab bag of others. And then also bringing back John Goodman as uh, his character that was in uh, uh, Kong Skull Island. And I like that movie. That was a fun movie. Um, not not something that I like think about a lot, but I am actually very excited for this. Just the concept alone, and we get new Kurt Russell. Man, I just I don't I don't know if there are many people who I get so excited to see in a new movie, but Kurt Russell is one of those all the time. Give me Kurt Russell. I want to I want a final Kurt Russell John Carpenter. That's what I'm ultimately pining for. Well, this looks very cinematic too. Like it looks oh man. like they spent money on it. I would do worried that we're not going to see Godzilla very much or the monsters. And it's like, yeah, uh, I know it's very, from what I've read, the reviews have been good, but they say it's like very mystery box where it's mystery built. And then we add more mystery and more and more and more, but it seems to be getting good buzz and it looks great. And I'm not a huge fan of Wyatt Russell. Something about his face makes me want to rage, but <laughs> I don't, I, I can't like explain so it, but uh, so many he's, people he's say not that, a selling and point for I'm me. like, but man, it's it's him and his dad. It's the Russells. And then Goldie's playing Godzilla. I can't I, I, I can't wait for her to show up as Mrs. Claus, and it's their crossover. Is um uh, serious? Is Goldie is Goldie Wyatt's mother? No, no. Okay, actually, I I'm almost I don't positive. think she is. Yeah, I don't think so. I, well, I want to say that Kate Hudson obviously was from uh, Goldie's husband before Kurt. Uh, but I, you know what? Let me look real quick because I'm not 100% um, sure it is. Actually, no, I stand corrected. It is um, the son of Kurt and Goldie. You know what? I don't know if Kurt had any kids before Goldie. I know Goldie had uh, kids, but yeah, it is. Uh, so, White Russell is the son of Kurt, Kurt Russell, and Goldie Hawn. Well, good for him. Um, yeah, this was this was the thing I texted you. Was like I totally forgot this was coming out until I saw a random like TV spot, and I was going to move it to my number two, and then I was setting up today, and I looked at my notes and I said I don't have that written down. I didn't update this. And I'm not going to change it. So I kept Maestro. Little Maestro. Oh, man. This, I, 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 you know, I kind of I feared a little bit as well that we might not get a lot of monsters. I'm okay with that. And I'm, I'm actually down for a mystery box style. 
show or storyline, so long as we get a lot of those answers. And even if that goes beyond this, uh, this season, and if we expand, I'm just, give me a good story and give me something that may, we might get the Russells in this for the next two or three years or five years, whatever. I don't care. Just give us more Russells. Hype train. I'm ready for this. I actually am getting very hyped for this. And I, from what we've seen so far, I would, I kind of want to see like the first two episodes or the first episode, maybe the entire thing in, in a theater. I think I might wait till this finishes or it's close to finishing mm. so I can really kind of crank them out in one sitting. So that wraps this up. Next week, uh, I don't know if you want to talk. Well, we got the Marvels, but we also have the killer, David Fincher. Ooh, yeah. And I feel like we could probably talk about that. I hate to Absolutely. see things that might not happen, but I I watch that trailer like once a day. Then even the new one. The new one's so freaking good. Yeah. Yeah. Then I will say the new one gives the new one gives so much away. Oh my but... god. Well, I feel like I know it. and I've been reading the graphic novel. I'm almost wrapped that up. And oh. it doesn't go anywhere that I didn't expect. And that's okay, as long as David Fincher made it look pretty. Yeah. And I yeah. am so stoked to hear the uh, Trent Reznor Attic- Atticus Ross. Dude, I didn't. I don't know score. if I. I don't know if I knew that going into it, but whenever I saw their name pop up, and but it also as soon as it started it reminded me, funny enough, of the new TMNT Mutant Mayhem with the opening score, and I'm like, oh man, that's like Mutant Mayhem, and then their names popped up, and I started clapping, and I almost got kicked out. I heard the, uh, the opening. It's got like opening titles that are really cool. Oh, yeah. I don't usually get jealous when other people see movies because I have the choice to go see movies. And if there's something that I'm kind of on the fence about, like, I just don't go see it. But when it's a movie that's out and I literally can't see it because it's not here, it makes me mad. It's it's still playing here locally, and it's playing all the way through next Thursday. And I'm looking right now at the showtimes. Tomorrow at noon, no seats sold. Tomorrow at 3... God. Tomorrow at 3.20... Two seats Go sneak in there, film it for me. <laughs> like I debated, well, I'm not even going to go into that because that's piracy. I don't pirate anything. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up. Um, yeah, I just, you'd be sad if I sent you the screenshots of the seats sold in these theaters for the killer. And this is a movie worth seeing on the big screen, by the way. Well, I can't. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, I'm just... <laughs> and I would happily do it. I, I got my regal... Um, unlimited stats because you get monthly stats oh yeah i went to the movies one time in october and oh. that was depressing as hell it's what been was, so busy what was the movie again that you saw with that God, the creator was that no didn't see the creator what was it man what came out in october it's, it wasn't anything big like it wasn't flowers it wasn't uh I, I felt like it was like a like not a kid's movie but something that was like um not freaking goosebumps. I don't know why I've got goosebumps on my mind. Oh, it was uh, Exorcist. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Man. Yeah, no, I, I would have rather have seen... The Killer. Flowers or The Killer. Um, But it's okay. I can, I'm going to make it. Well, before I say anything else that uh, gets you on a rage-fueled <laughs> uh, quest... I think uh, we'll just wait and then talk about it once you have actually seen it. So until next time, keep watching.